welcome back guys we've missed you we hope you all had a very restful christmas break that you got what you wanted and if you didn't that you went out and bought it yourself (laughs) um (laughs) so today is like a very special episode i'm so excited because i don't know if you know and if you don't today is the day that you're gonna find out um faith wrote a book and it is out now wherever books are sold but we encourage you to buy from a local preferably black or woman-owned business uh remember me now faith you wrote a book yeah i wrote a book i'm so excited like it's it's a reality. It's been an idea and on paper, like something that's going to happen for like two years now, over two years. Yeah, that's so exciting. Okay, so the book is out in the world now. How are you feeling? Relieved. <laughs> Relieved because leading up to the book launch, I felt lots of um, anxiousness and anxiety. Um, <laughs> I It's such a special book to me. But also, I'm really honest and I'm really vulnerable. And I talk about my life. I talk about like my journey at my you know private Christian school. Which if you if you've listened um, to this podcast for any amount of time, I've shared many a stories from my days at a Christian university. But yeah, I just know there's people from that university that follow me that I'm sure are going to buy this book. And if they're white folks, their experience was entirely different. And so um, this book will definitely open up their eyes (laughs) (laughs) if they don't, if their eyes aren't opened already. Yeah, no, it's like a labor of love. And I just remember like as the process and all the coffee shops that you were riding in, shout out to those coffee shops. Shout out. (laughs) To the Wi-Fi and the keeping you stocked on the caffeine. Okay, so I think you kind of shared a little bit, and I feel like we've gotten snippets of kind of your life story and your experience, but what inspired you to write it down? What what inspired you to write Remember Me Now? I think there's so many different components of um, this book and wanting to write it that have kind of been evolving within me over the years. But what really spurred me to write this book was seeing what happened to Breonna Taylor after... um, we were after it became national news i will say about her death and it really struck me that number one it took that long for us to hear about our story number two that black women in our stories are oftentimes overlooked and ignored i think about sandra bland and what happened to her and how there was outrage but there wasn't nearly as much outrage over her death as there was like Um, like a George Floyd, like an Ahmaud Arbery, you know, and um, looking at the lives of black women and especially the black women who have lost their lives to police brutality, it really inspired me to ask the question, um, how will black women be remembered? Um, Who will remember us? And will we only be remembered and celebrated in our death? I, I saw people putting um, illustrations of Breonna Taylor on magazine covers. And, you know, you just saw stuff about her everywhere. But it was such a celebration and giving her her flowers and her death that I really thought about how important it is to give Black women their flowers now while they're alive and not just when they're gone. Yeah. No, that's really important. I think it was Bell Hooks that talked about to be black, you think of a man. And when you think of women, you think of white women. And so then for a black woman, it is like you're doubly kind of 
ignored or you're kind of the last thought on people's mind when it comes to these terms. Mm-hmm. And so why did you specifically want to write to black women? Like what were you hoping that we get from your story? Yeah, I, you know what? I think when I was thinking about all the different books, especially growing up, um, I, I used to work at a Christian bookstore and I would look through the books on the shelves and I read a lot of different books. But I, as a teenager, I remember wishing I saw a book that was written um, from somebody that looked like me and something that was like storytelling and, you know, had some levels of like creativity and all those other aspects. And I just didn't find that. I didn't see that on the shelves. And I wished to see that. I wished to see somebody represented. And um, I was really inspired to write directly to black women because we are oftentimes so ignored and then oftentimes expected just to get what we can out of literary works that aren't written with us in mind. And granted, many of us do this already. We pick up books that aren't written with us in mind. We get something out of it. We, you know, gain nuggets from it. We share it with our friends. We're already doing those things. But there's nothing wrong with reading something that was made for us. And I really, really was inspired by Toni Morrison and her commitment to write for Black people. And um, I wanted to just write something for Black women. And so that's really what inspired me. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, Okay, so what was like the most challenging part of the process for you? The most challenging part of the process was first, I would say, overcoming my own internal angst self-doubt, etc. about writing the book. It was me against me in many ways. And I actually have this notebook where I got it when I write around the time I was starting to write the book. And it's kind of become my little journal that I've used, you know, this whole time. And sometimes it would be so hard for me to write because I was just doubting myself. I didn't think what I was writing was good. I just questioned myself a lot. And so I would have to write 10. I would make myself write affirmations, 10 positive things about myself or 10 encouraging things. And then it would kind of like help me to get in the the frame of mind to write. The second challenge I would say is that I knew I needed to grow into the air grow in the area of storytelling so really having to flex a new muscle I was reading this writing book that to kind of like help me give me some tips on um, storytelling and growing in that way and I would say the third thing was just getting the stories out the editing and all of those things um, those processes took a lot out of me it took a lot to get the book right And I took a lot of time to get it right. There was definitely opportunities where I could have been like, oh, this is it. Um, This is good enough. But it just wasn't right yet. And so I'm really grateful that even though it took extra time, I took extra time um, with a great editing team to just get it right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, that's really good. And I feel like that tip about 10 positive things, like for anybody who's listening and that you're struggling, you're going me against me. um, Yeah, that's a great, you could use that for anything, even if you're not writing a book as a strategy for fighting imposter syndrome. Okay, we talked about what was challenging. What was your favorite memory from writing the book? My favorite memory from writing the book. So there was this, there's this coffee shop, not 
far from my brother's house and it was not anything special. It was honestly just a regular, regular Starbucks, but we live in the suburbs. And so that was like the closest thing. And I would just go down the street and write. And there was this uh, black girl who would see me in the coffee shop all the time because I was in there pretty much every day for a few hours a day. And she came up to me one day and said, what are you doing over here? I see you in here every day. And I'm so curious as to what's happening. (laughs) And I said, I'm working on a book. And I talked to her about it. And she was just so like moved and inspired by it. I have to go back to that coffee shop to see if she's there because I really do want to give her a copy of the book. But it's been a while since I've gone and sat down and just worked in there. And um, But it was a really special moment to me because it just made me see how people are paying more attention to you sometimes than you think that they are. And you just never know how your presence and your diligence might encourage um, someone. So her and other people would say like they were just so impressed by the fact that I just would keep coming and keep coming and it's just a sign of just you know keep at it you know stay consistent it's really it can be really hard sometimes but it's worth it like it's worth it in the end so it was my favorites because they were just so yeah they were so kind everybody was so kind and encouraging Okay, I wanted to let that fire truck pass. Um, no, that is so good. I love that. You never, you don't know who's like watching you and like being inspired by the work that you're doing. And I think some people, especially Black women, are very used to like kind of toiling kind of anonymously. Mm-hmm. And it can be so easy to just like give up and be like, what I'm doing doesn't matter or no one cares. And like, yeah, you have no idea who is being blessed by your faithfulness in your ministry. And I'm glad that you had that moment that someone said to you, like, hey, this is really inspiring to me. Um, Because so often we don't get that. Why did you choose to include letters in the book? Like, why why was that an important part of not just telling your story, but kind of sharing, yeah, the memory or the reason why we should remember Black women? I absolutely love writing um, letters. I think I kind of developed that love when I was younger, but um, one thing that I just have always enjoyed is expressing myself through letters or writing lyrics, songs, poems. And so it's just such a part of who I am. One of my blogs is called Lyrics and Letters, and I just have always really enjoyed it. And I thought one of the best ways to sum up a chapter would be to talk to the reader. And I really wanted people to feel like they were sitting down and talking to me or we were at a coffee shop and connecting together and for people to feel like this is a tangible moment with me and so yeah I decided to include letters and it was really fun like the first letter in the book I'm writing to like a younger um, person and encouraging a younger um, black girl and I really wrote that with my niece in mind. She really inspired me as I was writing that letter. And so it was really cool to think of different people or things that inspired me as I was writing the letters. And um, I hoped people would like them. And, And so far, it's been really cool to get positive feedback from people on on how they're like, wow, those letters are really cool. It's really nice to have somebody um, write something to you. So yeah, it was really, it's, it's been a really fun thing, but it's crazy to think that this is something I've talked about and, and wrote about and had a little blog name, but I was able to like include it in the book. So yeah, <laughs> that's no, fun. I love that full circle, full circle. 
So I wanted to ask you, was there any story that you were like afraid to tell, but you were like, I have to put this in there if I'm going to be authentic and true to myself and, you know, to honor my reader, like I want to put this in there. And then how did you kind of work through your fear of like putting that in the book? That's a, like a really great question. So I talk really openly in the book about being raped and I think I was 100% nervous to put it in the book, but I was still dealing with it and healing from it and unraveling from it while being in this writing process that I just felt like I couldn't write the book without explaining where I was. And so I, in the beginning, in the introduction, I talk about that and I also talk about how, um, I'm writing from a place where I'm in this deep place of hurt and I'm writing from um, like a place that I'm healing, like I'm healing as I'm writing this, right? And um, I'm bearing my soul during one of the hardest times of my life. And so I, I felt really passionate though about including it because I felt like I, I know that I'm not alone and I know that I'm not the only person that's experienced this um, or some level of sexual trauma. And my family was definitely like, well, prepare yourself, make sure that you, you know, know why you want to do it um, because you are opening, you know, yourself up to people who might want to either criticize you or, you know, may have some negative things to say. And, and I knew that, I knew that could be a possibility. I knew that, you know, some people might not relate to what I, you know, said. I knew some people might feel a way, but at the same time, all I could think about were the people who might have um, experienced this level of pain and trauma and haven't had either an outlet, people to talk to, or a way to process their trauma. And so I wanted to include included in this book because I also wanted to give people hope that there is hope and healing on the other side of pain and trauma. You don't have to be marked and marred by trauma and um you can be you know experience healing and restoration and I feel like that's what I've experienced in my life and my faith and you know groundedness in God has definitely helped me along in my healing journey and there's you know I'm still healing you know there's times where um, it's, it's hard and I, you know, have my therapist to talk to and process with and, and connect with, but it's, it's a journey that I think is worth, um, being on and it's worth encouraging women in. And there's so many black women that suffer in silence that go on saving everybody, serving everyone and, um, not having the space to save themselves, not having the space to say, I need to heal. I can't help you anymore. I have to help myself. And I really wanted to encourage women um, to the best of their ability, if they have the opportunity, um, to focus on themselves and to not have to feel like they have to be everything for everyone else, but that they can be everything to themselves. Yeah, no, that's so good. I think, yeah, the commonality, I think we underestimate how many women have experienced some kind of sexual assault or sexual abuse. And then to your point about how many people suffer in silence. I remember I did an interview for a magazine and I was interviewing this woman who was a veteran and had been sexually assaulted in the military. And she talked about how there's just like an added fear as a black woman in reporting because it's like you won't be believed or you were asking for it, right? Because of this like, 
you know, we talked about, I think, maybe in our first season, like these stereotypes that are very dangerous for black women. You mentioned the idea of like strong black women just plow through, keep serving. Um, And then she kind of talked about like the Jezebel and like how that affects, you know, people's perception of her. And I just think, yeah, I feel like that was really brave. And I feel like so many people are probably going to get healing just because they're going to there's going to be someone who says, like, you know, you don't have to suffer alone and there are ways to heal. And God is is faithful in that. And I think also, too, just in your sort of our conversations about purity culture and this like the negative messages we receive about, like, you know, nobody's going to want you after this. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, to speak into that wound for so many women is going to be really powerful to you. Yes. Because God is so good. I mean, yeah. like, I felt so, you know, I felt so bogged down in that hurt. And I had to really wrestle with feeling shame and, you know, all of these things you 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 feel. And it's kind of like what you're saying, Catherine, that that gets put on black women, that Jezebel type thing, which I just think is terrible um, and so harmful. But even in processing things with my therapist and, you know, knowing nothing's your fault and all these aspects, you have to just really mentally like get past it. And and that in and of itself is, is a hard work to do. But I did get past it and um tend to work past it and I did meet a great man and I I met my husband after this happened you know um I met him in one of the worst times of my life which is just to be honest I wasn't I mean I there's a lot of other pieces of me that were put together but this deep emotional intimacy place that you have to open yourself up to with the person that was not all put together so homeboy was jumping over walls and fences and um, knocking down doors. Um, <laughs> it was not easy for him. I, that's so good. We love we love a persistent. We love a man that knows what he wants and is like willing to do the work to get it. Because some of these brothers are lazy. So shout out to you, your husband for being persistent and helping you heal. I also love the process of you talking about being in process. I feel like oftentimes we get these stories and it's like neatly wrapped up in a bow and it's like, oh, I'm past this. And so I love even just sharing that like you're you were writing this book as you were healing, you're still healing. I feel like sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to be like, yeah, to your point, to present this like we're put together and everything's fine. And so I love, yeah, just sharing kind of the messiness and the vulnerability that it takes in sharing that story. Um, okay, so what, as we close, what do you hope people get out of this book? Yeah, I hope I inspire Black women to choose themselves, to choose their own journey of healing. Um, I hope that I inspire Black women to say no. Um, and you know, one thing I talk about in the book is, um, you know, especially in faith spaces, you're taught to be selfless. Like, don't think of yourself, just help everybody else. And, um, you know, I said, I think there's some room for us to be selfish because there's some times when we really do need to do things for us. And I hope that as women are reading this, they're getting the courage to say, what do I need truly? What is going to help me right now? Where, um, where am I going to thrive? What does that look like? What spaces do I need to stay in or remove myself from? Who is depending on me that I need to actually not depend on me? Um, you know? <laughs> and so I just think that it's, 
I hope people have the courage to leave places they need to leave and to find a place where they feel grounded and safe. And and I think that if we as black women are in a position to where we can focus on ourselves and everybody's not just looking to us to solve the next crisis or to lead the next, you know, protest, we'll always be doing those things, but we don't have to. We do not have to. Girl, take a break. <laughs> That's a word from the Lord. Some exactly. of y'all need to take a break. Just rest. Your word for 2023 is take a break. <laughs> just rest. The movement will continue if you take a break. Um, I just think that it's so important for us. Uh, I just think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And the only way to truly find our way back to ourselves, to find our way to healing, to repair places in our heart that are broken is to slow down and take time for ourselves. You can't heal when you're moving at 100 miles an hour. You have to slow down. Yeah, no, that's a good word. I think even, you know, for um christian women right like even jesus had to withdraw and if this is like literally the son of god um who is fully divine and supernatural and he had to withdraw like you who are fully human have to withdraw and i think when you were talking i was thinking of the story of mary and martha and how um jesus i think says to martha like you're worried about so many things but you've forgotten the thing that is the main thing And I feel like I always have felt like this deep connection to the story of like, I think one part of me is like, God, that's not fair. Like she's in there. She's trying to make it nice for you and your guest and like this stuff needs to be done. But I think on the flip side, hearing that word from you. Right. And like and Jesus is offering an invitation that like, yeah, those things need to be done. But do they need to be done by you? And do they need to be done now? And I feel like your book is an invitation to like, hey, you're worried about a lot of things, but maybe the one thing you need in the season is to withdraw and to rest and to focus on the sort of the main sort of thing. And so, yeah, I hope that that's like an encouragement. Like I'm encouraged. I can't wait. I've pre-ordered my copy. Like I can't wait to get it. Hopefully there are no like kinks. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited. And I thought, we could bring back sort of our favorite segment. We're oh my gosh, yes. Go impromptu, go off sis. I am going to bless Faith and the incredible work that she did in this book. Y'all, this is a process. Writing a book is not easy. Writing a book with the sort of vulnerability and tenderness and truth telling, which Faith did, is not easy. And so I want to bless you in your labor. Um, that what you have sown in darkness and in tears um, that this would just be a season of joy for you and that like you could see that come back oh I'm gonna try not to tear up Um, yeah that you could see that come back tenfold and that God would honor the way you've honored us and the way that you've honored him in your life Um, and the example and the leader you are I'm just incredibly blessed by your friendship and I think people are going to be blessed by this book and I want to bless you um, for just the goodness and the strength that encourage you're putting out into the world. And so, y'all, go buy this book. Um, and the mess is going to be if you don't buy this book, because do you really love Molly to Faith if you don't support <laughs> Okay. I'm um, sorry. I had to tell a joke because I was like, literally, I'm like, am I going to be able to get this? Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, so I want to bless my sister. 
Um, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. I, I feel really honored to be your friend, to lead this podcast with you. And I'm so excited to read your words on the page. Like in my hand, hard copy. I have like an electronic, but I, yeah, I want to be able to like underline and circle and I'm excited. So. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So if this podcast has been a blessing to you, one way that you can support us, support Faith, purchase your copy of Remember Me Now. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, share with a friend, write us a review, an Apple podcast, share the podcast on their social media channels. If there's someone who's like, hey, you need to listen to this. Um, we love getting listener feedback. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye.